You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Thursday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. I'm so happy to have you with us. It is Thursday, and I'm ready to share and begin a life-changing series. I promise you, I promise you, you have my word. You're going to be blessed. I'm going to begin a new series today. And I bet you've never heard a series like I'm getting ready to teach you. And I think I'm, I think by the spirit of God, I'm going to answer some questions for you in this series. I want to begin a series today entitled, Why Doesn't God Stop Tragedies? Why Doesn't God Stop Tragedies? Now, it's going to take me about three lessons, <laughs> at the very least, to answer the question, Why Doesn't God Stop tragedies. Won't you tag a friend? Won't you call somebody? Why don't you let them know we're talking about and answering the question, why doesn't God stop tragedies? Now, allow me to share with you the origin of the question. I do a a Tuesday noon podcast, and I try to answer questions And a question came in on Tuesday, one of my podcasts, and this is the question. In the light of the school shootings or shooting, what would you say to someone who says, how come God didn't prevent it? Why did he allow it? Now, that question came on my Tuesday podcast, and it was a great question. I mean, it was a great question. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to thoroughly answer the question. Now, I gave some answers, but I knew I needed to deal with it in a fuller way. So this series is my attempt to answer that question. So I'm phrasing it in a general way. Why doesn't God stop tragedies? Why doesn't God stop tragedies? Well, we know from scripture that we can have, talking about believers now, we can have peace in any situation and we know that we can have victory over any situation. Notice what Jesus said in John 16, 33. He said, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you may have peace. That's all the time. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So here in John 16, 33, we see 
that we can have peace in any situation. We will have tribulation, but we can also have victory over anything we face in life. However, this still doesn't answer the question, why doesn't God stop tragedies? I'm going to begin to answer the question, but a part of my introduction here again, it's going to take me at least three weeks to answer this question. In my introduction, I want to ask a question and then I'm going to answer the question. What happens, here's the question, what happens when a lie is believed? What happens? What happens when a lie is believed? I'll give you four things that happen when a lie is believed. Number one, when a lie is believed, God's nature and character is distorted. Secondly, when a lie is believed, Satan and demons are exonerated. What happens when a lie is believed? Thirdly, Believers are left confused and powerless. What happens when a lie is believed? Fourthly, unbelievers are not impressed and turned off. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dodge this question. I think it's a great question. And I think it's important that we answer the question biblically. Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free, because we don't want God's nature and character distorted. We don't want Satan and demons to be exonerated. We don't want believers to be confused and left powerless, and we certainly don't want unbelievers to be unimpressed and turned off. So, why doesn't God stop tragedies? Well, let's begin with what is a tragedy. Let's talk about what we know and move to what we may not know or may not understand. Most of us know what a tragedy is. A tragedy is a great misfortune, a disaster. A tragedy is a very bad event that causes great suffering, sadness, distress, destruction, and often involves someone's death. A tragedy is a vicious crime. A mass shooting recently in our country here in America, in Texas, there was a mass shooting. 19 students, most of them were around the ages of one was the, I think one child was 11, but these were kids. Most of them was 10 and 9 years old. An 18-year-old gunman went into a school and killed 19 children and two teachers. That's a tragedy. Serious car accident, major accident that left major injuries and death, that's a tragedy. A natural catastrophe, destructive storm, flooding, tornado, hurricane, wildfire, deaths and injuries are, are the result. Wartime, 
where people are killed, families are devastated by the loss of their loved ones in wartime. An abrupt, untimely death, a tragedy, rape, sex trafficking, tragedies. We all know what tragedies are, but the question is, why doesn't God stop tragedies? Why? Come on, God. Why, why don't you stop them? Why don't you stop the tragedy? You're a good God. And everybody says you have all power. Why don't you stop the tragedies? We know what a tragedy is. We're working our way now. Let's, let's do something big today. Let's talk about why tragedies happen. Why do tragedies happen? Why do tragedies happen? I'm going to give you four, I believe, biblical reasons that tragedies happen. These natural reasons too, if you just think. Now, listen at this. Tragedies happen in the earth, number one, because of human sin. Human sin. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, in the New Living Translation, says, Then the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness. Now notice, God observed the extent. This is during the days of Noah. God observed, looked at the extent, watch this, of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they did, humans, humans, everything they thought, everything they imagined was constantly in total evil. The Bible says that God looked out over the earth in the days of Noah, and he saw the human wickedness. Now, this is human sin. He didn't see something that he influenced. He didn't influence the humans to sin. The Bible said he saw it. He, he noticed it. He observed it. That man's thoughts were evil and his intentions and his imaginations were evil. Human sin. Why are the tragedies on the earth? Because of human sin. Let's look at some examples of human sin. Murder, rape, robberies, sexual abuse, physical abuse, shootings like the mass shootings uh, in Texas and Buffalo, prejudice, racism, slavery, dictatorship. These are human sin, child molestation. This is human sin. This is not, this is not something that God is influencing someone to rape someone. God is influencing someone to do this, to murder someone. God is influencing someone to kidnap. This is not God. So since this is human sin, now listen carefully, we should not blame God for what humans did. And I hear people all the time blaming God. Something tragic happened, and they say, well, God knows best. It was just their time. What sense does that make? Why was it just their time? Why bring God into what humans are doing? 
The second reason why tragedy happens in the earth is human error. Human error, a mistake. Humans make a mistake. But these mistakes are not God-initiated. God is not initiating someone to make a mistake. Now, Psalms 19.12 in the New King James Version says, Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Errors. Errors are mistakes. Tragedies happen in the earth because of human mistakes. Human error. Let's look at some examples of human error. A driver falls asleep under the wheel, under the wheel of the automobile, causes a tragic four-car accident with multiple fatalities. Now think about that. A driver fell asleep. It wasn't God causing the driver to fall asleep and causing multiple fatalities. Human error, driver's texting while driving, runs off the road. God didn't cause the person to text and run off the road. Human error, a pilot or air traffic controller miscalculates the flight plan and there's a crash and many passengers are killed. Well, now God wasn't up there manipulating the pilot and manipulating the air traffic controller and confusing their mind and caused them. So why do we say God took them? Why do we say it was just their time? Why do we say, well, God knows what's best? Human error. A husband fails to control his anger, abuses his wife, and the marriage ends up in divorce. That wasn't God. God didn't initiate the man to lose his anger, fight his wife, cause a divorce. Human error. Someone forgot to turn off the stove, the heater, house catches on fire. Several small children die in the fire. What a tragedy, absolutely a tragedy. But did God call someone to forget to turn off the stove, the heater, knowing that several children would be in the house and they would? Was that God's way of taking them to heaven? Come on now, let's think a little. Human error. Man pauses his own environment, not the devil, not the devil. The devil didn't poison the environment. Man, farmers put chemicals in the soil to try to speed up the growth of the harvest. Man poisons the soil. Man have automobiles and factories with all the chemicals polluting the air. Man dump trash and sewage in the oceans and in the sea and kills fish and poisons fish. And then we eat the fruit, then we eat the fish, then we smell the air, 
and man contract diseases and sicknesses. That's not God. God didn't cause the farmer, and I'm not talking about all farmers, but God didn't cause the person overseeing the crops to put chemicals that will hurt mankind. And I personally don't believe that the farmers wanted to hurt anyone. God didn't cause man to dump sewage and trash into the ocean and causes the fish to be poisoned and then we eat the fish. God didn't create automobiles and factories and smoke and chemicals in the air so we could breathe it and then die or have sicknesses. That wasn't God. So let's stop blaming God for what man does. Now think about it. We're talking about why tragedies happen. You've been at a funeral. You may have preached a funeral. You said God did it. God is in control. God was ready. God know when we should leave. Is all this true? Is it really true? What happens when a lie is believed? God's nature and character is distorted. Satan's and demons are exonerated. Believers are left confused and powerless, and unbelievers are unimpressed. Unbelievers are turned off. Why should I follow God? God took my child. God raped my daughter. God did it. God allowed it. God did this. God is responsible. Okay, so we've got to find out what happens when we believe a lie. So why do tragedies happen? Well, number one, human sin. Number two, human error. A third reason why tragedies happen, we got to get some of these questions answered first before we can talk about why God, why didn't God do something about it? The third reason why tragedies happen in the earth is direct satanic involvement and listen, I know sometimes we get into religion and we don't think, we don't think naturally and we don't think biblically. God is not motivating Satan to kill people. God is not uh, telling Satan to go kill people. John 10.10 10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. First Peter 5.8 says, be sober, have a sound mind, be vigilant, be watchful, because your adversary, the devil, your enemy, the devil, not God. God is not your enemy. God is your friend. God is your father if you're born again. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, the devil. The Bible is very clear. It tells us who our enemy is. It says your adversary, the devil. He's walking about seeking whom he, the devil, may devour. Now, listen at this. Let's look at some examples of direct satanic involvement. In Luke 13, Luke chapter 13, verses 11 and 16, the Bible says Jesus was teaching in the synagogue and there was a woman who had a, a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. She had been bowed over 
couldn't lift up herself. And she was like that for 18 years. Jesus saw that woman, called that woman up and said, woman, you're loose from your infirmity. And the Bible says she was made straight and she glorified God. She didn't glorify the devil. She glorified God. Well, why didn't God stop it? Why didn't, why God allow her to be bowed over for 18 years? Well, we ain't talking about that yet. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. We just talking about why tragedy has happened now. Jesus said in the 16th verse, Luke 13, 16, that Satan bound this woman. He didn't say God bound her. He didn't say God has a reason for it. He didn't say God was teaching her and training her. Satan said, Jesus said, now this woman is a daughter of Abraham and Satan bound her and she ought to be loose. Now listen at that. For 18 years, she was bound over. Jesus came on the scene. She's going to church every week. She's going to church every week. Jesus said, this woman is a daughter of Abraham, which meant she has a, had a covenant. And in that covenant, Israeli covenant, God's people had a covenant of healing. And the Bible says she was bound for 18 years. And Jesus, look at it. Look at the text. Luke 13, 6, Jesus says Satan bound the lady. And she ought to be loose. She ought to be. That was a direct satanic involvement. That's why there's some tragedies in the earth, because of direct satanic involvement. I'll show you another tragedy. Suicide is always a tragedy. There's nothing good about suicide. Nothing good about suicide. God never inspires someone to commit suicide. Never, never. There's never a time where God said, well, okay, why don't you just go and kill yourself? Never. Now watch this. In John 13, verse 2, it says that Satan put it in the heart of Judas to betray Jesus. The Bible says Satan put it in Judas' heart. Satan did that. And Judas listened to the thought of the devil, went out, betrayed Jesus, realized he had made a big mistake, turned around in Matthew 27, verse 5, and he killed himself. He killed himself. He committed suicide. That was a tragedy to betray Jesus, then kill yourself. That was a tragedy. God didn't cause that. Satan was behind that suicide. Satan wanted him to kill himself. Satan didn't want him to repent and get right with God. Peter betrayed the Lord too. He denied the Lord three times, but he repented. Satan didn't want him to repent. Satan wanted him to kill himself. And Satan will want you to kill yourself too. Direct satanic involvement. So why does tragedies happen? Number one, human sin. Number two, human error. Number three, direct satanic involvement. Number four, the curse. Now I'm going to have to slow down on this one because we're not going to get any further than number four. Why does tragedies happen? Number four, they happen because of the curse. The curse that came on the, the earth after Adam sinned. 
after Adam sinned, of every tree you may freely eat, God told Adam, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat from that tree. In the day you eat from that tree, you will surely die. God never intended, God never wanted man to experience evil. That tree that forbidden tree in the garden was not called the tree of good and evil. It was not called that. It was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You see, everything, read the Genesis account, Genesis 1, everything God created was good, everything, because God only wanted man to experience good. He said, don't disobey me. Don't eat from that tree, because if you eat from that tree, you will come into the knowledge, the experiential knowledge of good and evil. God never wanted man to experience good and evil. He wanted man to only experience good. But man disobeyed, and he came into he was already experiencing good, but he came into the experiential knowledge of evil, never known evil before. So the earth now and humanity is not the way God intended humanity and the earth to be because a curse came on the earth. When, men, when Adam sinned, several things happened. It opened the door to spiritual death, man became separated from God. It opened the door to physical death. God had never intended for men to uh, die. He intended for man to live throughout eternity. It opened the door to mental and physical sickness. God never intended for man to be sick. Opened the door for poverty. God never intended for men to have lack and scarcity and poverty. It opened the door to every kind of failure, relational failure. Adam and Eve fell out with each other, blaming each other, conflict. God never intended for that to happen. Death came in, and death comes in many forms. Sickness is a form of death. Poverty is a form of death. Divorce is a form of death. Mental illness. Illness is a form of death. Aging is a form of death. God never intended. Now listen at this. Not only did sin, man's sin, original sin, Adam's sin, opened the door to all these things, but it opened the door to the curse. Genesis chapter 3, verse 17, curses the ground for your sake. So not only were men adversely affected, now listen carefully, but nature was adversely affected in the fall. Romans 8 20 says, for the creation was made subject to vanity. The creation, the planet, the earth was made subject to sin. Now watch this. Romans 8.21 says, because, of the because the creation itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. God said the day will come where the creation will be delivered. Now watch this. Death didn't just enter into man and his experience. Death entered into man's environment. It affected the earth's environment. You know that leaves in the beginning never faded? They never faded. They never faded and fell off a tree. 
Did you know that the colors, the brilliant colors in nature never dim? You know how we go through the winter and everything look all bland? God never intended for that to happen. You notice how fruit rot? God never intended for fruit to rot. You notice how crops rot in the field? God never intended for crops to rot. You notice how flowers and plants die? A flower can be beautiful, brilliant color, that bouquet of roses, and then a day later, it's withered and dead. That's death entering the environment. Adverse weather conditions. It affected the animal world. You know animals were not deadly. Snakes didn't poison you. Animals didn't bite you, kill you. There was no death even in the animals. The animal world was affected by sin. The weather was affected by sin. Hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, wildfires. They're all products of the curse. That's what the scripture means when it says in Romans 8.20, for the creation was made subject to to vanity. Now, we all know that there are natural causes of adverse weather conditions. You can talk to your meteorologist about that. But we also know that there are sometimes direct satanic involvement. Now, listen carefully. I'm talking about in the weather. Let's look at Job. Oh, Job has messed up a lot of folk. Job 1.12 and verse 19. Now watch what it says. In Job 1.12, it says, Behold, all that, all that he has is in your power. And Satan went from the presence of the Lord. Now, now Satan was negotiating to get at Job. And then in the 12th verse, the Bible says that God said, Behold, all that he has in your hand. Now, most folk think that when God said, behold, all that he has is in your hand, God was seeking the devil on Job. You know how you seek a dog on person to bite the person? We just say, sick him, boy, sick him, boy. Yeah. That's the way people think about that, that God uh, gave the devil permission to attack Job. Come on now, it's got to be more to it than this because the 19th verse says, and suddenly a great wind came across the wilderness, destroyed the house where Job, 10 children were, and killed all 10 of his children. So now watch this. Listen, you got to think for a moment. If God gave permission, in other words, he released Satan to, do, to, to go and do attack Job, then God actually was an accomplice to Job's 10 children being killed. You know it's got to be more to this story than that. The Bible tells us give no place to, to the devil. Listen, if we give place to the devil, God don't jump in and stop. That's why he said don't give place to the devil. Job gave place to the devil. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. And then in the 21st verse, Job said, well, naked I came into the world. Naked I'm going to go back out of this world through death. The Lord gave, 
The Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, most people, even preachers, sometimes we tell folk, see there, see there, you know, the Lord gave and the Lord take away. You know, the Bible says, I think it's 2 Timothy 3.16, it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture is inspired. But not everything everybody said in scripture was inspired. What Job said, it wasn't true. God didn't give that and take that. The devil took it from him. Now, listen, I'm going to throw something at you right quick. I'm going to throw something at you with you. I hope you don't throw it up. I hope you don't throw this up. Now, watch this. Job didn't have a revelation of the devil. Nobody, most of the people under the old covenant didn't have a revelation of Satan. God didn't give them a revelation of Satan. Why give Old Testament people under the authority of Satan a revelation of Satan? It would have frightened them. Old Testament saints, for the most part, didn't even know anything about the devil. They did not have a revelation. God didn't give them a revelation of Satan because Satan hadn't been defeated. They had no authority over the devil. So God gave them a covenant to protect them. And if they stay under the umbrella of the covenant, it will protect them from the devil. Now, listen at this. Listen at this. The Old Testament is not a complete revelation. The Old Testament is an incomplete revelation. God never gave the Old Testament for us to have a revelation of the Father. That wasn't why he gave the Old Testament. The Bible says, whatsoever were written aforetime were written for our learning so that we through patience and hope the hope now that will come from the knowledge of the Messiah, the receiving of the Messiah, he gave us that so we would have hope, not so that we will have a revelation of, of the Father. They didn't have a revelation of the Father under the Old Testament. That's why Jesus came in the earth. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the Thief comes to steal, come and destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have life more abundant. Jesus says in John 14, he that has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus came to restore men back to the Father, but he also came to reveal the character and the nature of the Father. That's why he said, look at me. If you want to know what the Father's like, he said, look at me. And Jesus wasn't going around killing people. He wasn't. Remember over in Luke chapter 9, he wanted to go into Samaria and they wouldn't receive him. And, and, and James and John said, do you want us to call fire down from heaven and, and kill them all? And Jesus rebuked James and John and said, listen, you don't know what spirit you're operating under. You want us to send fire down and, and kill these people? He said, you don't know what spirit you're operating under. The Son of Man didn't come to destroy men's lives. He came to save them. What is he saying? He said, you don't know what spirit is influencing you. That's what Jesus told his disciples. That spirit is not from me. Jesus wasn't going around killing folk. 
God didn't kill Job's children. God didn't give permission for the devil to kill 10 children. That would be mean. That would be wrong. Job gave place. Now, I'm going to throw some scripture out at you. And we're going to, we're going to, we throwing some out there. Now, don't throw it up. You know, when you give baby food, sometimes they throw it up. Now, don't throw this. Hold it down. Hold it down. Watch this. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 25 through 26. Because a lot of folk think God is just going around killing folk. God, And that's why folk get mad, because we're telling them God killed them. Listen, 1 Corinthians 15, 25 through 26. For he must reign, referring to Jesus, till he had put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. The Bible says that death is the enemy. It's the enemy of God, the enemy of God's people, the enemy of mankind. The Bible says, that's 1 Corinthians 15, 25, 26. The Bible says that death is an enemy. God is not going around killing folk. Now watch this, watch this. I'm almost, I, I, I'm almost about to finish, but watch this. Hebrews 2, 14 says, inasmuch as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. In other words, mankind is human. The Bible says Jesus took on the same. He became a man. Now watch this. Why did he become a man? He became a man so that through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Now, Listen, the Bible tells us who's behind death. The Bible said Jesus took on humanity so that he'll go through death, die, take on himself, overcome death. Why? So that he can destroy him who had the power of death. And so we wouldn't miss it. It tells us that it's the devil. The Bible says the devil had the power of death. So Jesus came to destroy him, to take away his authority so we wouldn't be afraid anymore. Mind, that's Bible. I, I went through all that to say that some of these storms, the enemies behind it. The Bible says that Satan left the presence of Job, left the presence of God, and, and caused a wind to hit Job's family house, and 10 of his children were there and they were killed. Let's look at another instance as I close. In Mark 4, 37 through 39, you know the story. Jesus on the sea with his disciples. The, the uh, storm came, boat full of water. Jesus sleeping in the, in the hinder part of the ship. They wake Jesus up saying, don't you care? And Jesus got up and watched this. Mark 4, 37 through 39, it says, Jesus rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace be still. And there was a great calm. Now watch this. Jesus said to his disciples, we're going to the other side. Okay, that's the will of God to go to the other side. On the way to going to the other side, a storm came. So was God behind the storm? Jesus said, we're going to the other side. So did the Father send a storm? to drown Jesus, to keep him from going to the other side? No, the Bible says that Jesus rebuked the wind, and that word rebuke, if you study it out in the Greek, it's the same word 
that is used when it said Jesus rebuked the evil spirits. Same word. Look up the word rebuke. Then look up when it says he rebuked the evil spirit. It's the exact same word. Now watch this. Jesus said, peace be still. The literal translation of peace be still is be muzzle and remain so. So he, he rebuked that wind. He spoke sharply to that wind. He said, stop it. Stop it. Watch this. Be muzzle and remain so. These words, peace be still, be muzzle and remain so, are technical terms for the disposition of a demon of his power. So when Jesus rebuked the wind, he wasn't talking to the wind. He was talking to the demon behind the wind. He said, stop that. And the Bible says there was a great calm. Now, we have to stop blaming God for the consequences of Adam's disobedience, the curse. So why? We didn't get to the answer to the question yet, but we got we 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 covered a lot of good territory. Why do tragedies happen? Human sin, human error, direct satanic involvement, and the curse. Now we're gonna go a little further in our next lesson, and we're gonna get down deep into. Okay, why don't why don't you stop it? I trust you were blessed today. Listen, we're taking our time because this is a serious question. Because remember, when we believe a lie, God's nature and character is distorted. Satan and demons are exonerated. Believers are left confused and powerless. And unbelievers are unimpressed and turned off. But you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. We're going to start right here in our next lesson. We're answering the question, why does God stop tragedy? Listen, I, I pray that you have a great rest of the week, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Mm -hmm.